everybody. Welcome back. I'm Stacey Bellward, the host of the Connected Families podcast. Welcome to our community. We are people committed to pursuing God's grace and truth for ourselves and then daily working to pass that grace and truth on to our children. Well, on today's show, I'm excited to share with you some of the unique content that those in the Discipline That Connects course received last year. Once a year, only once, we open up the community and support version. I'm calling that the full version. It's our foundational online course. Our registration is open now. So tap through to the show notes and get all the information. Year around, you can get access to the course content videos, but when you jump into the community and support version, there's a number of community-based extras that you get. We're really excited to offer them for Discipline That Connects this year. I'm excited, but I don't have time to say it all right now. So tap through to the show notes and get to the landing page and you can see all of the information there. All right. Well, one of the extras is that participants can submit questions. So today I grabbed four questions from last year's cohort. These questions were submitted by parents and we'll listen to the audio answers that Lynn Jackson and Lydia Rex gave. Okay. The first question is from a parent with multiple children. She asked, how can a parent help two children feel emotionally safe when it's not possible to choose between them. My two littlest often are melting down at the same time or because of each other. It's very challenging to discern who'd help first. So a lot of that is about kind of paying attention to the self-talk in your head. You know, if you come in with, oh, I've got to get this under control, you can almost hear the tension and the question of um, which child do I help first? You know, it's just like, I'm going to come in with a gentle, friendly presence, even if I'm coming in, you know, quickly and strong, because it's a little dicey. So, you know, just entering with that, oh, man, everybody is having such a tough time right now. And just a fun little research thing that I've learned since we made Discipline that Connects that that will be in the Sensitive Intense course is just that the brain discerns whether or not you are a friend or foe, primarily by looking at the top half of your face. So you can, you know, be beaming safety (laughs) through your eyes to both kids at the same time. Those are kind of my thoughts on that, you know, entering with some big, strong descriptions about what's happening. Oh, this is hard. You both want that toy. Let's see what we can do. Who wants a hug? That kind of thing. So Lydia, you've got those in the trenches stories. Oh, I love that. What you just said about beaming safety to each kid with their <laughs> eyes. <laughs> like I just think of like the laser eyes, the <laughs> mom's superpower. Yeah. I had my two kiddos were having a conflict and both melting down recently. And one thing that I did was to just hold out one hand to one and the other hand to the other. And they both ran over to me and I hugged one into each side. They couldn't get at each other because I was in between them. And just to send this clear message of, I love you so much. And I love you so much. I don't have to decide between the two of you right now. I don't have to judge who was the culprit and who, both of you are struggling right now. And so how can I just let each of you know that I'm on your team? And then too, you know, sometimes you are going to have to tend to one child first and then the other, and you can be giving reassurance to, to one 
while you're, you know, actively with the other, you can be saying, Hey, I'm going to be with you in just one minute. Mommy's going to be right there. Let me help little brother. I'll be right over to you. And just giving that confident reassurance of like, Hey, we're going to get through this might have to take turns a little bit, but that's helped me too. A good resource in general is a book called attachment play. Cause sometimes when things are tense, you can come in with some craziness and silliness and one mom said, we've been using dancing, not very good dancing, but just fun where I grab a kid and swing them around. It really helps <laughs> change the direction of the mood. And then they both want to turn. So that's just another practical thing. Maybe when they're calmed down a tad. <laughs> right. You don't do that when they're full on <laughs> no. fight or flight, but somewhere a little bit lower. Those are great ideas to help you support more than one child in a tough situation. Well, you can find a link to the book on attachment that Lynn mentioned in the show notes. Okay, our next question is from a parent who's working to stay emotionally safe for his child in the midst of a tantrum. He asked, for this framework, are there instances where you do ignore a tantrum? Do you always intervene with leading in either other regulation, co-regulation, or self-regulation? Here's their answer. We try not to, to be, you know, sort of extreme, yes, no, always, never kinds of things. There might be an occasion where you sort of ignore something for a little bit, you know, where you say, oh, you know, sweetie, I'm just going to go for the, to the bathroom for a little bit and I'll be, I'll be back. And you just sort of take a break, you know, but in general, Psalm 73 is, and we, we talk about this in our book, but I think it's a great description of dealing with a tantrum. So I'm going to read that for you. And the, and the psalmist is really ticked off about, I mean, it's classic. What do our kids scream and cry about? It's not fair. Well, that's what this yeah. is having a, an outburst about is, you know, that the the wicked get away with this and they're all, you know, blessed and everything. So this is, this is the scripture. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, senseless and ignorant, I was like a brute beast before you. And then this is how God deals with it. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward, you will take me into glory. Whom am I in heaven but you, and earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So you see there, it's primarily a response of peaceful presence. I'm with you. You hold my hand. You're not telling me to calm down. Because, I mean, how many of us have been really helped by someone saying, you need to calm down right now? Nope, never. Nope. So just presence and then, you know, offering a physical touch, just waiting till that is enough. So that's, that's how you could sort of ignore the dynamics that can get, you know, you're in a debate over whether or not it's fair, you know, that's not productive, but just being a calm presence with your child when they're upset is generally a good way to approach that. Another example from scripture is just the, the sense of we don't have to deal with everything perfectly all the time right away. Mm-hmm. You know, I've talked on different podcasts about a, a, an example I love of Jesus in two occasions where the, the disciples were arguing selfishly about who was the greatest. He did not deal with it in the moment. You know, he, he took a child and blessed him and then taught proactively probably several hours later. And in the other situation, he washed the disciples' feet. 
And so I think that that's a really good example for us. We don't have to deal with everything. We can just be a peaceful presence and then think, okay, what's the proactive teaching that I want to do to help my child work through this, not desire to do this anymore. So we'll put in your show notes, a resource that's kind of our most thorough on helping kids to regulate. And so, yeah, that, that will help you a lot too. So Lydia, you know, I think that we can ignore the behavior, but not the child. So there are so many times I find that this makes me a lot more effective as a parent. If I ignore the behavior at hand and really respond to my child and just connect with my child. And so, you know, that has looked like ignoring the fact that my son just punched me in the arm and saying, you really want to connect with me right now, don't you? You know, that looks like not digging in my heels about a homework battle with my daughter and instead saying, this is really tough. You know, we're not even going to talk about homework right now. Let's, you know, how can we connect? And so, yeah, ignoring is sometimes really good, ignoring the behavior, but responding to your child underneath that behavior can be a powerful shift that can even empower your child then to do their best and to make a wise decision without your direction sometimes. I really love those thoughts on offering your child your peaceful presence when they are struggling, ignoring the behavior and connecting with the child. The resource that Lynn just mentioned is an in-depth article about helping your child learn to regulate when they're upset. That resource is also linked in our show notes. Okay, the next question is about screen time. Hey, hey, everybody, we know this question or something like it comes up quite often. This parent asked, in the role play about screen time, what happens if or when the child doesn't give the parent the phone? My kids have run away from me instead. I'm remembering that role play with Chad years ago. I think it was Chad and I when we recorded for the course. Yeah, just thoughts about that is persistent noncompliance is usually just a, a sign that working on deeper connection with that child is really going to help. And there were some folks that took the Discipline That Connects course. And uh, when they were done, you know, and they were really diving into to doing this, their son made a statement, I used to obey you because I was afraid of you. And now I obey you because I love you. So really thinking through the connection piece of that. And then also, you know, not aiming to have to have an immediate victory. So if Lydia was running away with the phone, I wouldn't be like, you come back here, <laughs> you know, because then she's like, wow, this is fun. How fast can I run? <laughs> but just like, you know, walking calmly, it's hard to obey sometimes, isn't it? You know, and you get there eventually, you're going to get the phone back eventually, and then you're going to change your password. <laughs> yep. I'm thinking humor could work there too. Oh, you want me to tickle you? I am going to chase you down and tickle you or something like that. Or just lighten the mood. Yeah, for sure. That's great. And so what do you say to the parent who's like, yeah, but the child's just disobeying what I'm saying. I'm telling them to do something and they're not. What would you say to that? That growth into real obedience is it's kind of like from the first thing about I, I obey you now because I love you. That growth into obedience is a process. And it's thinking about what am I doing that easier to disobey than to obey? You know, am I getting big and making it a lot of this be about power? Am I not really getting down on their level and respecting them 
when I'm asking them to do something? Am I shouting commands from across the room? You know, what's my part in this? And how can I help my child to want to obey? So that's talking about the value of it in the in the long run. And it also can be you know, making sure that there's consequences in place. If there's something, you know, like, you know, maybe if they don't give the phone back, then, you know, they're not going to get the phone for quite some time. Oh, it was hard for you to give it back. So we're going to wait until we practice that again. We'll wait till next week sometime. And then I'll give you another try with my phone. So you're still teaching obedience in the long run, but you're not feeling like I've got to get it right now because that's what sets up the power struggles that um, spring from a goal of quick control. I have one more question and answer clip that I will share. But if this Q&A question and answer has got you wishing you could have your parenting questions answered, I encourage you to check out the Discipline That Connects online course today. You'll have plenty of chances to submit your questions for our team to answer. All the details are on our website under courses or go to the show notes for one click straight to the page where you can get all the information and to register. Okay, our final question today is from a parent wondering how to handle a potentially dangerous situation. She asks, how do I apply safe principles in dangerous situations. This is what happened. My daughter was out of her seatbelt. So I started pulling over in the car. I said, I guess I need to make a call. She knew that meant the police. So she got back in the seatbelt really quickly. So then I kept going. She had water in the back seat and she spit water, which hit me on the face. What should I have done? And let's role play this, Lydia. Okay, because we talked a lot about, you know, just staying connected with a calm heart. But let's role play this again in a couple of ways. Okay? okay. And the mom did say, I didn't deal with it yet, except to say that both of those actions could have startled me and caused me to wreck. And it would have been wise to think before she acts. So I'm just going to pretend that this is the first time we talked about it. You know, I'm going to do it in a maybe a less helpful way so that you can all enter into what it might be like to be the daughter. Well, what in the world was going on in the car that you, it was a great idea to get out of your seatbelt and then hit me with water and spit water in my face. You weren't listening to me. I wanted to get my, my hair tie that my sister flung across and you wouldn't listen to me and you wouldn't listen to me. And so I just had to unbuckle. So you think that that was okay to get out of your seat and go get a tie? Right back in. I was was only for a second. Okay. Anyway, it's about messages. So hopefully you were able to step into that. Now I'm going to do it again. And then just listen to the difference in messages, even though I'm still, I'm going to want to see if I can figure out what's going on on the surface. The way I'm going to go about it will be really different. It's like, Hey, sweetie, we had a rough time in the car, didn't we? What was going on back there? I know you would want us to get to a place without crashing, just like I would. And that wasn't really very safe. So help me understand so we can figure out kind of how to keep that from happening again. What was going on? Well, I just wanted to get my hair tied from the floor and I thought I could do it really quick. Oh, okay. So you, you made a choice. What do you think you could do next time so that you would be safe? Because if I'd gotten hit right then, like I'm looking back, what's she doing? And then we got hit. You weren't in the seat belt. Oh my gosh, I would feel so terrible. What well, you might do next time instead? 
you weren't listening to me. And so I thought I could just get it really quick. Okay. I got that from before. What might you do next time though? Because I may or may not be able to just stop and listen to you right in the moment. What could you do differently next time? Well, I guess I could stay buckled. Yeah, that would be the best. And then I would work to help you get whatever you need after, you know, when we get to the place. So when that water came flying, if that water could talk in midair, (laughs) what would it have been saying? I'm mad because you didn't help me, mom. Oh, okay. Yeah, boy, that's that water is pretty smart. (laughs) So next time, I'd love it if you could tell me that. Okay. I'm sorry I spit at you. Yeah. I'm sorry I wasn't listening very well. Okay. So that's the idea. You know, it may seem too soft if that's where I would start and then see how it goes in the future. That the, the connection is broken, the child is stressed by that, and they're trying to get some sort of connection, even if it's in an unhealthy way. So I hope that that's a helpful perspective. Lydia, anything to add to that? Yeah, you know, I think we, you mentioned this earlier, but we feel like as parents, we got to come in quick and nip this terrible behavior in the bud. I mean, for goodness sake, she could have caused an accident. She's out of her seat. You know, we feel like in order to teach our child well, we have to come in swift and heavy handed. But, you know, I feel like as a child in that role play, I just, I was really open to learning when you, you talked about it calmly and when you listened to what I had to say. And, and that, I feel like would help me to learn more than something swift where I felt like I wasn't understood. So that, you know, that those bids for connection, our, our kids, sometimes they go, uh, you know, they're feeling disconnected with us. And what do they do? They go straight for a button that they know is going to get a big reaction, like spitting water at mom in the car. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a surefire way to get that whew, big connection, negative connection, but connection nonetheless. And so, you know, when that first happens, instead of going, I guess I need to make a call, I might say, I'm going to pull over, I'd like you to buckle your seatbelt, and then tell me what you're upset about. And if Mm -hmm. you can't do that, then I'll need to call the, the, you know, then I'll need to make a call. So starting first with really sincerely wanting to know what's going on that my daughter is trying to get out of the seatbelt here. But she trying to communicate in that? Oh, I was just going to say, I saw Lynn, you, you had a note here on just being proactive with car rides too. And if car rides tend to be a big trigger oh, for your kids, right. you know, if there tends to be fighting in the backseat, or if this is a common thing, then, you know, do we need to come around your kids with crunchy snack in the car is one of our go-tos keeps people a lot happier, gives them some sensory input, maybe talking through, you know, Hey, this, tough thing happened in the car before, what can we do this time? And just being proactive about it. If, if the car tends to be an area of struggle. And car rides are really stressful because kids are strapped in, they can't move. It's noisy and echoey. Usually they've got a sibling near them and they're going, they're moving in a way that they can't control the, the movement input to their inner ear and they're stuck and they can't use muscle joint input to regulate. So car rides are like meals. They're a really sensory challenge. You know, my youngest brother, I'm one of seven kids. My youngest brother, one time family vacation, 12 passenger van, everybody's stuffed in, everybody's loud. It's noisy. And this one brother just picking fights with everybody. He's a really sensory kid. 
and my dad bought him a pair of noise canceling headphones. They stopped the vacation, went to Best Buy, bought a pair of noise canceling headphones. And my brother to this day says that was one of the nicest things mom and dad ever did for me because he recognized how stressful that was. And just to have acknowledgement of this is really tough and a way to tune out some of that sensory overload was so, so impactful for him. It's so helpful to hear those practical ideas to help our kids and also help us look past the child's misbehavior to what's really going on in their heart. Well, there are a few key takeaways that I would love you to hear from today. Number one, we are a community of faith filled people, parents working through all sorts of hard things. We are in this together and we need each other. And number two, Connected Families is here to support you with practical Bible first and then science and research informed content that you can use today. We are so glad that you're here. Well, that's it for today, friends. If you are interested in joining the Discipline That Connects With Your Child's Heart online course, now is the time to check it out. You will receive support for your journey, specific tools to apply to hard parenting moments, and a new trajectory of parenting because you will know how to respond differently. Links to all of it are in our show notes. We are a listener-supported organization. Over 55,000 parents like you listen to this podcast every month. Individual donations make the work to equip and encourage families possible. For more information about Connected Families, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next time.